And welcome everybody to another episode of the Thick and Thin Podcast. As always, it's me, Anthony Cartosa. Today, you know him, you love him. It's the big dog Genesis Slew joining me. Hey, Genesis. Hey, Anthony, what's up, man? Thanks <laughs> for having up, me on. We literally had you come in. I said, let's fucking catch up on the mic. Let's just, yeah. let's, we got so much to talk about, Um, so much good stuff. Let me, let me clarify what happened with Josh, because I always fucking announce guests and they never come. But let me tell you what happened, guys. Hold on. <laughs> okay so josh is uh he just got back from hawaii fucking clients he's got these bald-ass doctor clients right i I don't know if i'm supposed to tell but i'm gonna tell you anyway he uh they basically paid for his vacation for him and his family and they do that once a year he said he tried to put his credit card down to buy a fucking beer and they wouldn't let him so paid for everything i've 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 met some of those guys dude all high rollers i've met some of those guys and i remember he went on like some crazy vegas trip Oh, he went on some crazy Vegas trip. Yeah, yeah it was like, I, I well, his story. You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, see, yeah. you're like, whoa. He, the kind of clients he gets is fucking insane. And he always, Josh has that like, uh, that that magnet feel where he always brings ballers into him. They just want, they want him around. Yeah. So, I mean, I've I've gone to him with Vegas one time when um, these Canadians, Jason and Jody, do you remember them? No. They used to train at the gym back in the day and um, they had bought a, they got a suite in Vegas and they offered to take us. So we were at the Hard Rock fucking baller ass suite. They basically took me, Josh, three of our friends, and then it was their room. And they got us fucking tickets to rehab. That that was the first pool party I ever went to. So it was a lot of fucking funny. Yeah, a lot of good stories out of that one, which I, I, I'm going to talk to Josh, make sure we're clear, clear to, <laughs> <laughs> to tell them all. But that yeah. was one of the best sleepwalking fucking stories I'll, I'll <laughs> Dude, the the last time I was in Vegas was for Josh's fight. Yeah, I I I, I too had a uh, sleepwalking thing going right. on. Right, there, <laughs> there's what? How many fucking hundred of us? Dude, there was a lot of people. A lot of people to to just go to Vegas. Yeah, to roll deep like that. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of people, and it was funny because people were just like, "Yo, dude, like I saw you in Vegas." And I was like, "You were there." <laughs> like, like, you did? <laughs> yeah, it's like I was like, man. It's it's one of those embarrassing moments, but I was like, hey, at least I didn't have like anything neg- any negative feedback. This is, this is the height of my alcoholism. I think I went to rehab probably a week or two after that. So this is when I was in the bathroom after the fights. I made it through Josh's fight, and I'm I'm fucking pissing on the stall, and I think I sat down on the toilet like, okay, let me catch my breath, and I just went headfirst into the 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 fucking stall, and I fell through. <laughs> <laughs> my pants were down, oh. but everybody's in there. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Mega, uh, Mike, Mike Reyes, and a bunch of other people. And someone's like, "Pick him up!" Oh yeah, at and least the security had... guards were like, "We're gonna." They, I don't know how they right away they were on me. Uh, they're like, "Either get him up, we're gonna arrest him." And then nobody wanted, but they had to pick me up, pull up my pants, take me to. Room. I woke up in Josh's room. He just fought, so I don't even know how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what it is with those bouncers. I think they're just super vigilant, just because. They're trying to kick people out just to get the other people in. Well, everyone's always doing coke wherever you can. That too. All kinds of shit like that. Yeah. Shady deals, money, all kinds of that stuff. That too. So, yeah. Uh, just like the uh, gambling tables. They're fucking on it, like you said. Yeah. They're ready to pounce. You yeah, know? they're ready to like get you out of there. Like, uh, I remember a time, it was also at a pool party. We had a, uh, I was with some other friends before I started Muay Thai. And one of my buddies, we had a. We had one of those uh, cabanas, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, like five hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Yeah, and then um, my buddy got he he got too drunk, and then he yacked. He yacked at at the in the bushes next Yack. to next to ours. <laughs> right, and they got kicked out. 
Oh. He got the table next to us kicked He's out. He's all covered in puke. It's a smooth criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't get kicked out. He, like, just disappeared into the crowd after yeah. he yacked. Just went into like, the bush. <laughs> yeah. He, like, just wandered out. And then they got kicked out. And they were looking at us like, that's their guy. That's their guy. And we're like, uh... I remember we plausible to, deniability. I yeah. was with Josh too. I had so many good stories with Josh. Why so I, I got to get him on the podcast, and he's one of those guys that he interviews really well. So yeah. whenever they do these big promotional interviews, he's always giving. And they also ask the same questions to everybody. You know, what are you fighting for? Uh, do you want to win? <laughs> you know, do you plan to win? What have you been doing in camp? Very basic stuff, which is great, and he comes off well, but. I just want to, I know him growing up. I know his personality. I know before when he fell out of fighting, when he was doing, uh, when he was kind of in and out, one foot in, one foot out. I know how he was when he went balls deep into it. So I want to get sort of that. And I asked him too. I said, can I talk about, you know, what happened with your father and your, uh, you know, the shit we used to get into? And because obviously now he's nothing like that. Right. But it's sort of what brought him to this place. And he's like, absolutely anything you want to ask. And I was like, fuck yeah. So it's going to be a good interview. Yeah. I, I think, I think with Josh, he just has that. That charisma factor, right? You know, and it's genuine. It I is. think that's it is. You know, that's yeah. the that's the biggest like setback. Uh, not, I'm sorry, la- wrong choice of word. Not setback. That's what sets him apart. Yeah, and he when I remember I went to his house and uh, this is when him and Cece were struggling. You know, they just got their fa- their baby stuff like that. And I brought a friend over, and he's right away. He's like, How you doing? Here, do you want some food? They only had a little bit of food, but he was offering them. They're like, I can't believe that guy was so nice and. He just comes off that way, and he means that. You know, yeah. if you're in his group, you're fucking there. That's right. how I met you. That's how we met. Right. And um, yeah, so I can't wait to get him on. It's a long time coming. I think our numbers on the podcast are finally hitting a a pretty good thing. Thanks to you guys. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, we got some loyal fans, some loyal listeners, and we keep slowly picking up. And uh, you know, I didn't think we were gonna have this. It's not like we have a grip of listeners, guys. I'm not like, oh, you hundreds of thousands of people, <laughs> twenty five of you guys. No, <laughs> there's a few more, but. Because it's growing and we're at a good peaking point, I think this is my actually my fiftieth episode. Oh, nice! Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, so we got big, we <laughs> big got five big dog Jen. It wasn't even me just spitting off. Now I got you. Me and you've been talking. We got so much to cover. But oh, the story I wanted to tell real quick is uh, we were at a, a club at Extapa in Old Town. Yeah, which is a haven for a shit show as well. Just yeah, uh, a bunch of uh, chubby girls and everyone's drunk and <laughs> people fighting <laughs> people over people fighting over them. Yeah. yeah. So my buddy, he was right next to me. He threw a glow stick in the air. The bounce, I'm sober. Bouncer runs up to me and grabs me and right away put his hand on me. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I saw you throw that in the air. My friend was like, oh, it was me. But he didn't say anything, but he was like, it wasn't him. It wasn't him. And I was like, big, get your fucking hand off me. And then the other bouncers came and then we all got, there's like 20 of us. So it was just like, we're going to do this or what? And the bouncers were like, no, no, it's all good, man. Just <laughs> don't do that if you... <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny? It's just with with the with the whole bouncer thing. Sometimes it's like I feel like they're just there for. Well, I've been told that they're just there for like a show of force. You know, you gotta most look, of the time. Yeah, yeah, you gotta look scary because uh, I've gone out with Big Mike a few times. Oh man, that shit is it, it's fun, dude. Do you feel ever feel so safe? <laughs> you feel it, so safe. It's <laughs> it's so funny because it's like. You literally have like a tank next to you, yeah. And it's like when we need to get somewhere. I've I've gone clubbing with him. I've gone bar hopping with him. When you need to get through the dance floor, he's like, "Hey, Mike, lead the way." He, and people and he's bigger than the bouncers too. Like they're all like they look at him. Uh, this is our friend Mike. He's a heavyweight MMA champion, professional. He's pretty much crushed every league. He's even fought. Uh, he just needs that ticket to Bellator or UFC. He's pushing. 
how old is he? Forty six now? 45? I think so. Yeah, forty five. Yeah, I think 45. he just turned forty five. Yeah. Yeah, and he's a fucking monster, and he's a great guy. So yep. when he goes out with us, we just completely uh, let's we we ride his back and <laughs> yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Mike. Pretty much. Uh, I remember he was uh, at Azul in Alhambra, Old Town. Uh, yeah, that. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like couples. Oh, you know what? It was the night that John Jones fought Daniel Cormier the second okay. time, uh-huh. and he head kicked him. Mm-hmm. So we went to we went to uh, Azul. And I remember we went in there, and all the bouncers were like, "Holy crap! Like this dude's huge." If you have, he's one of those guys. If he gets fucked up and wants to cause chaos, he will. Yeah, and they got. <laughs> it, it was funny because they actually got nervous, and I I tell this story all the time, and the guys at the gym crack up, and he does not deny it. Mike just starts shadow boxing on the dance floor, and it's just me and him. It's just <laughs> literally me and him. <laughs> And he starts throwing spinning elbows, and I'm like, dude, you're going to take somebody out. Dude. Right. And he's just like, I do, I'm just having fun. And I'm like, all right. Man. Yeah, because even when he teaches <laughs> class, this guy, is, when he teaches class, he's um he puts on that that beat sort of a uh, – you can picture a girl dancing in a room and she's vacuuming. Like, yeah. that's what I think of. Yeah. He's always moving his feet, and he's like, woo! <laughs> yeah, dude. I think the thing I appreciate about him the most, too, is that he, he's still young at heart. And that's pretty oh, awesome. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. be a badass and – Still have that young heart. Even, uh, you know, with the the panic attacks and stuff like that, I was talking to him, and, I, I you know, he's sort of my strength and conditioning coach. He gives me a lot of nutritional advice, and I told him, I was like, man, I'm fucking up. You know, I've been going through these panic attacks. I started smoking, and he's one of those guys that always, you know, he's really, uh, but then his age will come into play when he talks to me. He's like, yeah, those demons, they creep in. He's like, don't let them get in. They got their foot in the door, yeah. you know, with those cancer sticks. He's like, they're fucking cancer sticks. And I stopped smoking that day. I was already trying to, but when he right. said that, like it just put some perspective into me, like a little slap that that kept me. I was like, okay, you're right, and that's why I got a vape right now. You might hear me hitting it. Um, it's sort of a nervous tick that I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> it's better than cigarettes. Fuck. Yeah. No, I mean, me too. I made that transition too a couple years ago. You're in the military, you were smoking. Oh yeah. You fucking have to. Yeah. Man. When you're in the military, guys. If you smoke, they give you breaks. If you don't smoke, you don't get a break. Yeah, pretty much. So a lot of times I would get a pack of cigarettes. I would light because I got pissed. Why does everyone fucking take breaks every 20 minutes? So I bought a pack of cigarettes. So I'm smoking two, and I light the cigarette and just sit there. Smoking uh, and joking. Smoking and joking. <laughs> yeah. And then when everyone would go back to work, I'd throw the cigarette, and then all of a sudden I'd take a couple hits, and then I'm taking three hits. Now I'm smoking. I'm a fucking chain smoker. <laughs> yep. That was, that was my breakfast for the four years. It was a monster and straight... Just like a pack of Newports or and everybody, everybody uh, chews too. Oh yeah, that's so nasty. They yeah. have that gallon of water and they're just spitting in it. And by the end of it, the gallon of water is is no more water. It's just filled with spit. Yeah, from them chewing and spitting in it. Yeah, see, I, that's why I felt like smoking was the lesser two evils. Right. Mm-hmm. And being from out here, nobody really chews. It's like a southern thing. It's or very East Coast yeah, thing. Very, yeah, very East Coast. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, when it comes to like skull and uh-huh. the actual like dip. I can't do it. Like I'll yak. Yeah. But uh, I have a buddy of mine. He's actually uh, his name was his name's Tom. He's uh, he's Native American as well. Actually, he's a half Iroquois and a half Italian dude. And he got he uh, he had this Levi Garrett chew mm-hmm. or or Red Man like Red Man big, big yeah, chew. Yeah, that's yeah. the best one. <laughs> Those I can do. Yeah. Like actual uh-huh. chewing, but yeah, dip chewing I, cool. I can't do dip. No, yeah. I can't either. Something about dip. I think too. It's all spicy and it gets in your. Yeah, I think I thought I was chewing tobacco when I first got it. So I remember they gave it to me and I started chewing it. It's it's very shredded. Yeah. So it just was all over my mouth and I'm swallowing a little yeah. bit and I'm like, ah! <laughs> but you're supposed yeah. to just grab a little bit and dip it on the side of your mouth. Yeah. You know what's interesting? My brother was telling me this just a little bit off topic, but I told him how I had a. So what happened to me, guys, is I was put on a different medication. I got dependent on it, which I even talked to my doctor yesterday and. This whole thing, but 
I talked to my brother about it, and he's like, yeah, man, you're Native American. You don't have – I forget. I don't want to say a chromosome. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> but he said there's something – Was it, we were just talking about it where Native Americans haven't been drinking the way that I, I, you know Irish people or Italians, they have generations of drinking. We were introduced to liquor sort of when the settlers came. So if you think about it, it's only a couple generations where now we're – that's why we're full-blown fucking alcoholics. We haven't developed that resistance to it. So I think I fall in the way I fall into addiction is so fucking fast. Even my primary care physician was like, I, "Wow, like we fucked up right there." You know, did right. you think that would happen? And I, I told him sort of, I was like, "This A, B, and C is happening. It sounds like withdrawal symptoms. It feels like withdrawal symptoms," and we're, we're sort of baffled. And fortunately, I I consider myself sober still. He's just like, "Okay, we'll do this and do that." And you know, I've been through a lot worse, so it's not that big of a deal, but it has been fucking with my sleeping. And uh, that, I think that's sort of when I did that episode, Is that's sort of when you contacted me. We've been keeping in touch, but that's when we were both talking about it, right? Right. You mean earlier this week? Yeah, and just yeah. in general, like the panic attacks and the lack of yeah. sleep, but we sort of touched base on it. And you were telling me how you go through these. Um, well, what happens with your panic attacks? So with mine, uh, it's actually not very hard to trigger me. And I do my best to, like, hide but or run. Like, that's that's my whole thing is, like, it may not look like running, but for me, it's, like, being stuck in my room. Like, most people are, like, oh, being in your room is, like, the safest place. It's not for me. Like, I'll feel trapped, and I will just get dressed, and my first instinct is get in my car, and just, I drive. And this is, yeah, I'll drive in circles. I'll put some music on, and I'll just think. Until I feel better or until I'm tired enough, then I then I head back. Is this uh, at nighttime when you're getting ready to go to sleep? Anytime, yeah. Anytime. Usually at night, though. Usually yeah, at that's night. me yeah. too. I think it's a vulnerable time because it's sort of like everyone's tapering down and you should be doing something. You should be asleep uh, and you're not doing it. So it sort of puts you in this mode. And I, what happened with me was I didn't feel – I felt like I was trapped in my room. But for some reason, it sounds weird, I was scared to leave. Because I have that feeling, I felt vulnerable, I didn't want to go outside, but what I've been doing lately, I did it last night, is right when I wake up at 1 or 2 a.m., because I'll go to sleep, you know, 9 or 10, I wake up at 1 or 2 in a full-on panic, yeah, go ahead, I, I get up at 1 or 2 in a full-on panic, and now I'll just start, I'll head out the door, I put on pants, a sweater, I grab the dogs, I'm fucking out, and I just go around the block, maybe halfway through the block, I realize how tired I am, because it takes a little bit of that edge off, and then I get home, drink some sleepy time tea, and I usually I fall asleep again, that's been my method lately. That's good. I mean, I think for me, I think we could both agree with, mm -hmm. you know, your method of just getting out the door. Yeah. For me, I think the reason why, and I've told people this before too, like when it comes to driving, for me, it's just, it's weird, but I dict I, I feel at that point I'm in control. Like, yes, obviously everyone's in control of what they're doing, but literally I'm in a car. I'm in control of where I'm going, what I'm listening to, how fast I get there. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still confined in some sort of vessel. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not... And if I feel like getting out, I'll get out. Oh right. And when you when you go into these panic attacks, make no mistake, you guys, about it. it. People think sometimes it's mind over matter. Your body has physical reactions when you get in these modes. Yeah. You, you start to, you know, maybe tremors. Maybe your temperature changes. You go hot, cold. Your body starts to think something is wrong. So it goes into a survival mode. But nothing is wrong. So you start getting hyperadrenaline. Whatever the case is. So those little forms of control, I totally agree with you. Those are things that really help me. For a lot of times, it's breathing exercises. I sit there and I take eight seconds in, eight seconds out. But I try to take control of my body 
maybe I'll do push-ups, stuff like that. But lately, it's been the walk where I'm like, grab this. I'm going to go. I'm going to do this. It's it's just like you're saying. Yeah, I, I start feeling it. It's funny you brought up the tremors. I, I start feeling my body shake a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, my heart rate starts going up. Mm-hmm. And, and then a lot of times I'll touch my heart and I'll take my pulse and it's high and that makes me more panicky. Right. And I'm this is shit that, you know, you're ex-military – you were you're a fighter these things um it's not it's not like we're and i this is where i'm comfortable now because i know i'm not a fucking pussy i know you're not a pussy and we're experiencing these things so obviously it's not just yeah i mean i i don't that the thing about me too is and this is a plus of social media like i've i follow some of these guys that are like tiers above me as far as like what i've done i mean i don't think what i've done is like crazy significant but there's like you know, there's this guy on uh, Instagram. He's a former Green Beret. Talks about the same thing. He's like, I have panic attacks, and I'm like, I appreciate that vulnerability. You know, absolutely, like, absolutely. I appreciate that vulnerability because it's just like, it's like, okay, well, one, I'm not alone, and two, it's like, all right, yeah, it, it's like we said, you know, we're not pussies. You know, like it happens, and it's one of those things that I really don't wish it on anybody. But, no, it's fucking horrible. But it's also frustrating that some some people that don't get it, it's frustrating that they kind of. I feel like there's that stigma where they'll look down on those that do. Yeah, and and that's a constant theme that's been, um, you know, if and like you said, I think it's one of those things that maybe it's our age, whatever it is. But with a lot of these podcasts I listen to, people, comedians I look up to, Theo Vaughn, for example, he talks about his alcoholism and his recovery. He talks about the panic attacks and the mood swings and how he has these manic states where he's just so down on himself and he fucking, you can't describe it, but you have someone that's saying it and to people that don't experience it, maybe they're, you know, I'll tell you a story about that right now, but um, they don't really, you know, understand what he's talking about. But to me, it's exactly how I feel. And he's saying exactly what I do and that kind of stuff. And us having that conversation, having a dialogue about it is really fucking comforting. So yeah, and he had a uh, Bill Burr. Did you listen to that episode by any chance? I didn't. Well, Theo Vaughn had Bill Burr on, and this is before Bill Burr started doing his um, therapy stuff. So Theo's talking to him about these feelings and stuff, and Bill Burr's like, "What's your problem? You think people give a fuck? Like, why do you care? Like, yeah. sort of down, not not talking shit, but they're just having a conversation." And then Bill Burr, a couple months after that, he had to play a role in uh, King of Staten Island, and he had to learn how to be vulnerable because he's supposed to be a dad in that in that movie. So he has to be vulnerable for the kids and sort of stuff like that. So he said he had to tap into something he's never tapped into. And then he started realizing he's fucked up, you know, and then he started realizing he's got problems. That's why he's so angry and stuff like that. So it's really funny to see that transition. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I didn't see that episode, but I think when he went on hot boxing with Mike Tyson on that podcast, I think he did mention about being vulnerable. Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr. And, and it's, again, it's one of those things that, you don't really understand it until it happens to you. You know, I think if anything, one thing I can be grateful for, for these experiences and being able to like, I guess, do the work on them is I have a long way to go when it comes to being patient, but definitely a lot more compassionate. Like I definitely try to be like a more level-headed guy. And I'm like, I'm not one of the, you know, like there's those, there's those stages you have just like in the military when you first come in, you're all motivated. You're like, yeah, I'm going to do my 20 years. And then and then it kind of just starts dwindling down. And you're right. like, all right, I'm out. The more shit they stack up. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of like when you get out, you're still like, oh, I'm a veteran. And now it's more, it's just like, you know what? Especially with the pandemic and everything, it's just like, you know what? Uh, don't be a dick. 
you know, that's yeah. like one of my biggest things. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. I tell and, myself that too. You know, like, and the lack of empathy th- during all of this on you know whatever political side you have. I mean, that's the really the biggest thing. Not being able to put yourself in another person's shoes, whether it's to the right or it's to the left. It's just not understanding that they have an emotion and the way they grew up and where they're coming from plays a big role in this stuff so if you can't put yourself in other people's situations of course you're not going to understand them but if you don't try how the fuck are we gonna have a dialogue and solve anything yeah exactly i mean it's just it it, it's not going to solve anything it's i think i think me and you had a talk it's just a lot of complaining and no uh solutions there, it's yeah. there's zero uh, solutions to anything. It's just a lot of all oh, this and that, and these people did it. instead of offering some kind of um, you know understanding of it. I get it, but this, or I think that, but this, and overall, this might be. There's no there, no. It's my way or the fucking highway, and it's just you know we're supposed to be a country that's working together, and it's not fucking happening. And you know, yeah, like that's the thing too. I think that kind of bugs the crap out of me is that. You know, it, oh, it, no, you're good. That's my phone. Uh, is that my phone? Oh, yeah, I sorry. I think so. Unprofessional. Okay. Uh, CC, I uh, shouldn't answer it. Nah, I'll do it later. I think that the thing that bugs the crap out of me the most is, um, you know, when someone disagrees with, with you or with anybody, you're automatically a, a bad guy. Right. And I'm just kind of like, for me, it's like, no, it's not necessarily. I think most people are in the middle of a lot of things. You know, I don't think that, you know, and, and unfortunately, I feel like the extreme, the extremes on, on either end of the spectrum, they're magnified, but they're not they're not that common. You know, like extreme views on both sides aren't that common. I think a lot of us just tend to be somewhere in the middle of that spectrum. And it's it's just wild how if, if you disagree with somebody, even on a on a small issue, you know, it's like, they they blow you up to be on that side of the extreme or the other. Yeah, if it's a little minor, well, I could say even when I try to empathize with, uh, well, yeah, it's a, then it's no, like don't have any fucking empathy. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. gosh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you don't agree with me, I don't want your empathy. It's like, dude, we're all human, you know. Like, right. I just I just don't agree with how you see that. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it shouldn't be now that we're fucking enemies because of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's sort of the I guess the the sort of the worst thing about uh, social media right now is, and I find myself doing it. If I don't agree with you, but you keep blasting it, I just start to be fucking annoyed and, and I'll, you know, delete people or I'm just like, I don't want to fucking hear this person's shit. And it's sometimes it's really just, I really don't want to hear what you're saying. And I do agree with you. And some people I agree with completely, but the fact they keep, you know, pounding it in there and keep saying the same thing over and over. It's like, who are you trying to change people's minds? Because that's not going to happen by yelling at the internet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I think I, I remember you posted a comment. Oh, it was a while ago. It never leaves me because that's literally the picture that I get. I remember. I forgot who somebody just kept posting and posting the same thing. And I think you commented. You're like X person. Um, just sounds like a crazy homeless person just yelling at traffic and i was just cracking up because i'm just like that's literally how i see those people sometimes i'm like dude like take a break relax yeah Yeah. it's just non-stop no listening you can't reason it's yeah oh my god it's like all right then i'll just leave you to it then Mm -hmm. knock yourself out all right enjoy (laughs) yeah it's like knock yourself out i mean i don't know man like i think we're all just trying to navigate the best the best we can through this and I think I I think it's fair to say too that with things opening up, 
I mean, for me, at least for me, there's a level of anxiety that goes with that too. Absolutely, and and the way that we've had to adapt and uh, sort of really change, completely change my structure of living to now is we're all going through it. We're all experiencing different things. Some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts, and even an introvert is struggling because now they're not introverts and their identity. A lot of people that are introverts like to say they're introverts. Oh, I'm an introvert. I don't like people. They make a very big point to say that, and it's like, okay, but now it's everyone's an introvert, <laughs> right? <laughs> Whether you want to be or not. <laughs> it's funny you touch on that because I feel like people that do that the most are the ones that need the like need hugs the most. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like really, oh. you know extroverted kind of. <laughs> right, of it's ways. like so. for me, I'm like okay. I mean, that's that's the thing with the with with having these panic attacks sometimes. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not proud. Like, there've been times where I've been vulnerable on the internet, and I mean, it's just one of those things where it's just like until you actually do it, and like now being sober. And having to process some of these things. In all reality, it was more, yeah, I was just looking for help. Somebody to talk to. Right. You know, not, not, not necessarily. I mean, I guess some people would argue that's attention. But it was more like, no, I just need somebody to talk to that I can relate with. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much like, you know, hey, look at me. You know? And there's a big difference. I think there's some people that post, um, and I don't want to sound like I'm downplaying them or anything like that. But it does seem... Uh, almost a cry for attention rather than for the way that they go about it. They're not saying like, I want a solution. It's more of just a sort of a repetition of uh, almost complaining, but in a weird way where it's, they're not, they're not open to suggestion and they just want to sort of bitch, I guess, which is fine, but they keep doing it and they keep seeing like they're miserable, but they don't want any kind of solution or any kind of help. And those are the times they get frustrated where it's, well, what are you doing to solve this? Right. You know, are you reaching out and trying to have a conversation with someone that might help? And that seems like what, so that's what you're doing. So that's like something that's good. Or are you just sitting here and fucking saying it? And then someone says, well, what's going on? Oh, you wouldn't understand it. No, 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 you don't get it. It's like, well, then why are you saying it? <laughs> if you yeah, don't want help like, and you don't want to, you know, get a solution. In, yeah. Push them away. Put, exactly. Yeah. Pull them in, push them away. Yeah. Just to let them know that you, that they can't help you or that you don't want their help. It's well, why'd you fucking say that then? Yeah. I mean, I think. It's it's both ends of the spectrum as far I mean it's not both ends of the spectrum it's both sides you know like you got to communicate that's the right. biggest thing uh-huh. that's the first step is you just got to communicate that's why like there've been times where I'll just you'll post something and I'm like yeah dude I feel you on that that's right. how I've been feeling too lately right right yeah. mm-hmm. and it's good to know that too you know it's it's good to know that you're not the only one out there and that's that's why I say with the podcast I'm pretty fucking open and. Uh, you know, the thing with my neighbor coming up to me and, uh, you know, following through and we'll see what happens with that. But the fact that someone came up to me and said, oh, I know you struggle with this. I know this is an issue for you. And is it possible to get help? How do you get help? Like that kind of stuff. And I could be of service. Like that's the fucking the be- the best thing about it, you know. And that makes me not regret sort of spilling my guts all the time. Because a lot of times when I spill my guts, um, I know when I drink and I do it, it's very whiny. And I'm right. very, I'm very... Um, I'm very full of self, uh, self-pity and self-loathing. It doesn't come from a positive place or a place of trying to get better. I just want to cry about it, and I want people to feel sorry for me Right. when I'm drinking. I, I feel you on that. Yeah, and yeah. when I'm sober, it's not that. It's more of just like, this is what I'm going through, and if you're going through it, like let's fucking get some help and see what we could do about it. You know. I agree with you. I think, I think I'm, I'm more or less the same way in mm-hmm. the sense that like when I wasn't sober – I came. I I can I can say that I kind of I came from a place like that too. Right. But being sober has given me like a different perspective, and it's almost like you just you can't ignore it. 
you know you just you just can't like you can't right. ignore it and it's like i always feel like when it comes to those kind of situations or like when i'm going when i'm looking at it it's like there's a fork in the road i don't know one side of it but the other side i know what it's gonna be like right so i just and because i'm sober now and i know that and i see it i'm like okay well i can't go this way mm-hmm. and as nervous as i might be to approach it a different way i choose that way right yeah it, it, because you already know what it's gonna be like and you can't ignore that mm-hmm. like being sober your consciousness i just feel like it doesn't let you it, it doesn't it doesn't let at least for me it doesn't let me ignore it and i can't go that way like yeah. some people can just keep going that mm-hmm. way and repeating the same mistake but i think for me it's just you know they say pain retains and i think for me that's why it's just like man it's just too painful i don't want to do it again like i'm not going down that way again right and that's the thing with the you know when you're an alcoholic for example um and again, I always preface whenever we're talking about sobriety, I always tell people, if you want to fucking drink and party, by all means, please do. We're talking about a certain situation going on with us, and maybe someone you know is in, you know, very close to you, or their cousin's cousin's friend that you have to talk to somehow or something, they might be going through this too. So we're just trying to give you a little perspective on it, you know, that's all. Anyway, um, I know for me as an alcoholic, I know where if I drink, where I'm going to go. I'm going to do this pattern, and it's going to repeat, and there's some level of comfort in that. And I know when things get overwhelming, I go to what I know, which is as stupid and as painful and being in a hospital or rehab, as stupid as it is, there's a level of comfort in it because I know what that is. Yeah. And living your life sober or trying to live a better life, even for that matter, not even just drinking or whatever, trying to do something different, trying to start a new sport or try something out when you're getting older and you feel like, you know, it's not your place anymore. You're the fucking the old guy in class or the 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 old dude in a taekwondo program or something yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's like a level of embarrassment to it and you don't know what's going to happen and it's sort of frightening and it, that causes a lot of anxiety yeah i i i don't even know how to say it like i i wish i w- this is going to sound messed up but i sometimes i kind of wish that everybody can kind of have a taste of what that feels like so they understand that it's not when you when you put it out there it's like okay well the obvious choice is to not go down the road of pain right but it's really not that simple no <laughs> like like especially when you just had you know like my uncle has this theory that and their everybody every man in their late 20s or early 30s just has some like some sort of like life changing event and it it changes you and it breaks you and he's like you know that's his theory um he went to prison at that time, so you know that was you know, that was his. But you know, he was just he, he used to tell me he's like, you can't get stuck down there just because you're used to it. Like it'll right. it, it'll eat you alive, mm-hmm. and then you'll you know next thing you know you open your eyes and you're fifty. That's what I'm. Most That's what afraid. I'm scared of. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what was crazy too is when I was taking care of my uncle and he's on hospice and you know growing up he was a heroin addict and he was you know caused all this fucking calamity in the house and. He was uh, physically abusive to my brother, and he was an asshole to us, verbally abusive, and he just used my grandparents and took their money and stuff like that. And I just was like, what a fucking asshole this guy is, and what a piece of shit. You know, I, you know unfortunately, I, I talked down to him a lot and stuff like that. And sort of when I was taking care of him in hospice, it was, I felt like a good way. I knew he was going to die, so it was a good way to put some time in with him and you know let him go where he wanted to go, that sort of thing. But um, you know, watching him... Uh, I remember I was with my girlfriend at the time and 
she came home and he was asleep on the couch and he was sleeping how I slept where he crosses his arms over his chest and he lays flat because he doesn't want to lay down like in bed. He wants to pass out, right? Right. And he watched the same movies over and over and he drank and he did the same patterns and I was just looking into my fucking future. You know, and I was just like, oh, man, like, I really have to fucking change or this is just going to be me. I'm going to wake up one day and it's going to be me. Those kind of I, those kind of experiences, they're kind of like I feel like those are scared straight experiences. For Very adults. much so. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Very you just so. you see it and then you're just like, man, like especially if it's a relative because you guys share the same blood. You're yeah. like, whoa, like, yeah, you're just like, whoa. And then. That's that's where the work starts. Yeah, exactly. That's where the work starts. When you get scared enough or you get tired of fucking being tired, it's just uh, that's yeah. when you got to start working. And um, What are you doing now? Like, What sort of your solution? Are you tapping into new resources? Um, I don't know if you're open to talking about you know everything you do, but what's something that you would say that you're doing to try to get past all this stuff? Uh, I think for me, having the sober perspective is I, I don't – I'm not an introvert, like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I hate people. I just, sometimes I'm afraid to, like, say what's going on in my head because I'm like, man, people are going to think I'm crazy. I mean, well, people already think I'm kind of out there, but right. I don't want people to think I'm so out there, you know, I can't get reeled back in. Um, I, I spent a lot of time in the past, and a lot of people would say that's detrimental, mm -hmm. but I think with, with the, looking through a sober lens for me is... That's where I've been able to, in a lot of ways, like rediscover parts mm -hmm. of myself and mm -hmm. understand my triggers. And I think that's such an important thing for me is, uh, you know, I got out of the Marine Corps and I was just drinking a lot. And my old group of friends before I started Muay Thai, unfortunately, I burned that bridge. Mm -hmm. I was at, I was, I was the only one that out of that group that joined the military. So they all kind of had the. Oh, I would have joined if this and that, you know, I was going to join and whatever. And me being the drunk asshole, I just kind of came off as that dude that was just like 100% balls to the wall. And like it put them off, you know, it just eventually it pushed them away. And I think for me, it was just it being sober now and, and realizing that for me, it was like, well, Jen, you're never going to hit that point. You're never going to get that feeling again of what it was like to be in. You're never going to get to do those things. And I had a hard time accepting that. And I didn't know, right. mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know. And I was like, man, that's why I've been like acting crazy. That's why you just come out aggressive. You're just like, yeah, you know, like, and now that I'm sober, I'm like, okay, that's why I said like it, I, I don't wish that. I mean, obviously I didn't want any, like everything that's happened since I've been out till now. I didn't want that to happen to me, but I am a little grateful that these things happen because it's just like, okay, well now, you know, now I know why I'm at where I'm at, you know, is it an easy pill to swallow? No, but Hey, at least I know. And I can just go the other way. So you're sort of talking about an inventory in a lot of ways. Yeah. Because you know, in the program, again, you're doing your sobriety on your own. This is a choice that you're doing Right. for me. I'm following the program. And in the program, we do an inventory, which is uh, you do a sex inventory. People that you've, that you've uh, you know, damaged during your sex relations and why you act out or you don't act out or you do, you know, regrets, whatever the case, treating someone bad, one night stands, whatever the case is. So you list all this stuff out. Then you do one with friends, people that are close to you that, you know, maybe you have resentments towards or you, you know, and you go back with that. And then I forget the other ones. Um, uh, fuck, I can't. My, my family. Uh, yeah, like family, friends, uh, sex, and um, 
Yeah, but it's pretty much you're just listing stuff that you're resentful for or people that you've hurt, and then you try to figure out why. You know, you figure out what it was, and most of the time, for me, it was pretty much um, my self-esteem. Like, oh, you know, if I did this, it made me feel this way. It was self-seeking behavior. A lot of it's just fucking self, being caught up with yourself. You know, especially when you're drinking, it's all about you and what you want at that moment and stuff like that, you know? So a lot of that, and then once you do that, you go through it and you see this pattern of selfishness. It's about me and what I want and how can I fucking uh, get out of this situation and stuff like that. And then you sort of add it all up and you realize this is the problem. It's all about me, me, me. So I'm going to have to fucking let it go. But then you, you do it, you tell it to somebody else, and you let that shit go. You know, it's the past, it's the past, but you don't forget your patterns. You know, you don't yeah. forget why you got there and the sort of behavior that led you to that situation. And, you know, part of it is to continue to do a daily inventory at the end of the day, reflect, you know, when I had this conversation with my boss, how could I have handled it? Or that guy that fucking said something stupid to me, how could I have handled that better? And just constantly keeping a daily inventory and not holding it over your head, but just knowing there's a better way to go about it. Did I handle that the best situation? Do I need to apologize to somebody? Do I need to right or wrong? But you do it right then and there. That way you're not carrying around weight. You know, access baggage. Because, you know, when you have hate or you don't like somebody, it's very detrimental to you. And it's a, an overloading amount of pain that you carry around. And they're probably not even thinking about it. But you're just sitting there, like, resentful and angry at this person. They're probably not thinking twice. Yeah, I mean... I was going to actually ask you, like, I don't know if this is normal. It's it's funny you brought up, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to bring it up, but now that you brought it up, I, I might as well. I feel more comfortable. So thank you. Uh, the sex inventory. Right. Dude, I, I, I can honestly say for the most part, and like people that know me out there that are listening would never imagine. And it's not because I'm an asshole, but it's like, literally, like I said, I'm a runner and I'm almost afraid. I'm actually afraid to run into some of these people that I've hurt. And I didn't even do it on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's just honestly, it's one of those self-sabotage things. Right. Where it's like, if I even get the slightest hint of like, if I see a slight miss pattern, I, this is how I used to be. If I ever got the slightest miss pattern, like something's off, I'll automatically go into defense mode. And I'm just like, oh, oh no. No, 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 no. I'm going to run first. I'm going to leave you before you leave me. Uh, and then that resentment's in there. Right. And then mm -hmm. it's just like, and then I get along. I, I don't have, and then I, I, I resent the other person and then I don't have closure and then I'm up, I'm upset. I loathe myself and then I loathe the other person. And it's just like, sometimes I'm just like, man, like I'm almost afraid to run into those people again. Right. <laughs> I'm right. a different person now for mm -hmm. sure. But it's like, they're always going to remember me like that. And that's a hard thing for me is like, I think for me too, is there've been also moments where I just, I, I'll be like, you know what? I really don't feel that way about this person, but they're not going to leave me. So I'll be the bad guy, mm -hmm. even though it's not what I wanted, but it's just like, I, I can't be in it. And again, it boils down to communications. If, if I would have just said something and like been able to, express that i think it would have things probably yeah they wouldn't have ended like great but that other person would have a better understanding as opposed to like just some big fight and that's that right you know it's yeah. like it, it's wild because it's just like i i've even googled this before <laughs> like i've even googled this before i'm like why do i run away from love <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then you got like all these quotes and i'm just like shit so i asked my therapist and she's just like well, 
and this is the part where you do the inventory. You go all the way back, and sometimes you re- like there's repress there's repressed memories that you have, and it's like I remember I f- feeling that way as a kid, and I, like that's why I spend time alone when I do these things because I start crying, mm-hmm. and it all boils down to like man, why do I like women that make me feel like I'm not good enough, and why do I beat myself up? Oh, that's simple. I was never good enough growing up, you right. know, like with my dad Mm -hmm. you know like i love my dad but nothing was ever good enough that's why i joined the military Mm -hmm. to get a you know to be like yeah i did it you know but it was one of those things where it's just like man well that's why i I pick the people that i pick and i i've dated the same person in different bodies over and over Mm -hmm. again and they they all hurt equally Mm -hmm. they all hurt equally or i'll get the other extreme and then that hurts just as much. Right. And it's just like, I think at, I hit that certain point where I was just like, you know what? I really need to be alone. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I really need to be alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not one of those, like, I mean, I've had my, my, I I, I take a while to get over people, mm-hmm. you know, but I've, I've done, I've done it sober and I've done it not sober. Doing it not sober is not the solution. Like, I had my whole phase and I was just getting fucked up at the bar. By yeah, myself. it's still, it's not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Help. That's not the right way to approach it. And then it. time just goes by and then they move on or something and you're just kind of like, what happened? Like, when did this, you know, because you're not actually dealing with the problems or facing like the emotions that you feel. And being sober, you know, it's very easy to, um, to be upset and then drink it away. But what you're you're not actually getting rid of that pain. It's just getting pushed to the side. Yeah. So when you're sober, it fucking just floods you. And then to sit there in those emotions and those thoughts and just be like, wow, this fucking sucks. <laughs> you yeah. know, but it's like important to process that and to let you know like the the scale of pain you're actually in and stuff like that. Because otherwise you're just pushing it off and then all of a sudden it fucking tidal waves your ass and you're just like, what the, f-, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's wild, man, but... I, w- I was going to ask you, is it is that normal to feel, like, afraid yeah. to see these people again? Absolutely, and I, that's one of the things about the, you know, that's why the program is so good because it's a very basic solution for living that, you know, with alcohol, and I, I tell people all the time, like, you need the program, but I don't mean it because you're an alcoholic. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you should probably do this and do that because it's a, it's a, it's a map for living. You know, it's a map for trying to figure out how to right your wrongs and how to, to get rid of this shit. And a lot of it is, you know, going back to doing your inventory, knowing that stuff. And then if to make amends when amends are, are possible, they're not going to hurt anybody else. So you don't, you know, run up on people. If you need to fucking apologize, some people it's better off just to leave them alone and not say anything. And you do a living amends to yourself. I'm going to be a better person. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to bombard this person because they're married with kids and they don't want to fucking hear anything to do with me. Okay, I'm just going to try to be a better person. If they ever want to, you know, if I ever do see them and run into them, I apologize when I can. And if they accept it, then cool. And if they don't, that's okay. But you're going to be a different person and you're going to stand by that. You know, so there's a lot of things like that that we do to try to let that shit go. And, you know, I've apologized to a lot of people and some of them have accepted it very openly. Other people were just like, yeah, yeah, like, go fuck yourself kind of thing. And it's those are things that like, you just have to take on the chin. But okay. But I said what I need to say, and I'm going to keep proving that I'm a better person. And I'm, I'm going to not just take the lesson I learned from you and just fucking piss it away. I'm going to take that and just, you know, try to keep helping other people and trying to put my focus into doing that and giving back, you know? I, I feel like those are the true tests of the universe. You know, it reminds me of that quote that you see online sometimes. A lot of girls tend to post this. I've seen it. Uh, change behavior is the best apology. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree mm-hmm. with that. A thousand percent. I, I mm-hmm. can agree with that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's like it kind of reminds me like to put it on a macro and micro scale you know Mm -hmm. on on on, this is a very obviously is a micro scale you know this is interpersonal relationships but i would say on a macro scale you know with all these all these racial tensions going on out there and stuff you know a lot of people are upset and to tie it kind of all in together i remember we had a class discussion in school uh it was like i think like last week we had a class discussion about um injustices Mm -hmm. and they had a lot of i'm i'm one of the oldest people in my class and everyone was talking about you know injustices and you know what they feel in the world isn't is an injustice and a lot of them brought up you know racism Mm -hmm. sexism um like anything you can put with the word phobia at the end of it right Mm -hmm. and homophobia yeah homophobia transphobia you know all that stuff Mm -hmm. and when i when it came to my turn i you know i talked about being sober and i was just and this is this is really how i feel about the whole thing you know do i like it no but you know to tie it all in together how people just keep regurgitating the information it's like they'll find something they'll post it and it's like all right cool i did my part right not necessarily mm-hmm. and that that's what kind of makes me upset mm-hmm. is that you know it's it, it, it's a shortcut to the work I think that if you want to change in any in any aspect of your life, whether it's personal relationships or on a grand scale, I think that all starts at the individual. You know, kind of how you said, you got to live by that. I'm not going to do it again. You know, it's like okay, on a on a on a on a macro scale out there, it's like all right, I'm not a racist. You know, like for example, somebody would be like, I'm not a racist. It's like okay, then then do that. You know. Make sure you keep yourself in check because it, it comes out sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be in traffic in an Asian area, you know, the whole driving stereotype. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, do better, do better. You got to, you got to, I think that the change comes from the individual first before it goes out on a grand scale. Right. Like you can't change the system. One person cannot change the system. Mm-hmm. But if you could change yourself and other people can see that change in you, it might inspire them to change. And then it keeps a chain reaction flowing. And that's what I said, and I truly believe that. Yeah, and uh, let me clarify, Jen's uh, half Asian. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I, I know. Before, before people are like, oh, yeah, you know. son of a bitch. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm no, trying I'm, to get canceled out here. I'm sorry, before, but yes, I am half Asian. I yeah. think that's, uh, uh, fuck, I don't want to say it. Socrates that said, uh, you know, bef- like, he changes the world, must change himself. Like, that's just the oldest time, but it's true. Like, before you go out and fucking change the world and – you know, you fix the world's problems. Like, are you fucking doing this stuff at home? Is it in your immediate circle? Is that okay? You know, that's why um, Hunter S. Thompson, you know, that famous writer who fucking blew his brains out and stuff. He was saying, if you want to change the world, start with your small government, like your local area, you know, which is the same thing as yourself. Like, start in and then work your way out because it trickles and it all comes out. You know, if you're with your friends and they're saying some racist shit, for example, or some sexist shit and you let it go on. Then it's not obviously right there. That's you know what I mean. You're not yeah. fixing the pro- like in your certain circle. Like, come on, man, knock that off. And that's the test. That, there you go. That's yeah. the test. That's your that's, character, right? Yeah, that's like, the yeah, test. That, that yeah. kind of stuff. So you know, check it. You uh-huh. know, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> no, right. No, but check yourself yeah. before you check other people. And yeah. you know, it's, I again, it it turns into one of those things where it's just like, yeah, if you disagree with somebody, you know, it's like you can't. I think that's also, that's another test in itself. Is that. You know, I think that it's fair to say that a lot of people, there are certain things that, that you just cannot agree on. Like right. with me, it's like, if you're a racist, like I can't get along with you. Like right. that's just, that's just a given, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, but I think that, you know, I try to see things 
I try to see things when things don't go my way now as a test to 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 attack it differently. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, or to look at it differently. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the kids were like, Oh yeah, but it's like there's no but. <laughs> like, you know, if you want to change then you gotta communicate with the other side and work something out. Yeah, just fucking screaming at each other is not gonna help anything, you know? But yeah. I think what we're trying to to tie this into is um I think for me, what's helping me a lot with with these panic attacks and these sort of anxiety episodes is knowing that my side of the street's clean. You know, I do everything I can do. Uh, you know, when you sit there and think, oh, I haven't done what I'm supposed to do and I, I owe these bills and I owe this and I owe that. The other night, I was thinking about it. I was having one of these panic attacks. I started thinking about it. Dude, it's okay, bro. Like, all your bills are paid. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. You're going to work tomorrow. You work today. You worked out today. You worked out tomorrow. You were eating eating healthy like your body mind body spirit is clean so like calm the fuck down it's gonna be okay and then like i I was able to calm myself down you know unfortunately sometimes you can't recognize what it is that you're freaking out about but in that moment i was able to i was worrying about stuff that you know they call it future tripping or like anxiety is uh tripping about things that haven't happened yet and depression is thinking about things that have happened yet right just be in the present be like right now at this moment i'm doing everything i can to be okay you know, that's like something that will really calm me down. It's like today everything was fine and I'm not, I'm a better person. I'm fucking sober today. You know, I'm sober today and I'm doing better by myself and I'm I'm not that piece of shit that I was. And if people don't like me, I'm still trying to change and do everything I can. And if they can't recognize it, that's okay. I can't fucking force these people's mind to see something that they don't see. I just going to, like you said, I'm going to live through my actions. And people get tired of sorries and I'm going to change and promises and stuff like that. That's why I didn't say shit this time. I'm just doing the work. My fucking head is down and I'm going forward. And some people want to constantly bring it back up. Oh, you're the same guy you were. You're the same guy you were. Yeah, in a lot of ways I am. And we don't really fully change. But there's definitely courses of actions and things we could do that make it so we're not the same. So it's important to just do those things. And then you can fucking lay your head down at night and maybe not be freaking out about it. You know, but if you're... Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. You got to take some action, man. You got to do something to fucking to change the situation. You know? Yeah, no, I I, I feel you on that. I we also I, I believe we also had a talk on that. You know, it's not necessarily that we do it for the pat on the back. We do the internal work. You know, but it is nice to get that acknowledgement. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, Absolutely. like I mean, and I think that for me, that's why I resent a lot of people that just post a bunch of shit on the internet just to post it. But it's like, dude, you're not really like. For me, because it's like I've I've for the longest time I I I've put my head down and I've done the work, mm-hmm. and it's just frustrating to see that people that you see somebody that gets the kudos for just clicking a button, right? Mm-hmm. As if it was that easy, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just like I. I think sometimes, like, I, I've, in the past, I've taken it, like, it's like a, I guess, a slap to the face, but mm-hmm. not necessarily, but it's right. just like, again, it's not, that's not the reason we do it, but it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, when you're actually doing the work, it's, it's, it's hard. That's why a lot it's of people don't, super hard. don't do it. People, yeah. a lot of people don't do it. Well, a lot of people too, they'll, they'll tell me, um, this last time I, I relapsed, someone very close to me said, uh. Oh, you're always trying to do it your way, and I and I I got fucking pissed. You know, I was like, "What's my way?" You know, I was like, uh, the fact that I fucking relapsed and fell on my ass and embarrassed myself and fucking went back. I was like, "That's my way." I'm not trying to do that, man. It's just what I know. And fucking unfortunately, I fell down that hole. But that's not what I'm trying to do. You think I like this? 
And you think I like going to fucking rehabs and fucking hospitals and seeing people that love me fucking watch me and lose respect for me? It's like, no, dude, but that's what fucking happened. And I'm trying to do my best now to reconcile that. But it's just the idea of, um, you know, the hardest thing in the world is to fucking change. It really is to uh, someone that's fucking racist to get them to not be racist or someone yeah. that's a fucking uh, an addict to not be an addict or someone that's a, a pig to get them to be clean and be conscious of everything they do and clip their nails and cut their hair and practice. It's so fucking hard. You know, the things that you that you don't think are that hard. So when you're raining down on someone for being a certain way, it's like give them a benefit of the fucking doubt. Like let them let them try. And if they're trying you got to be patient. You got to be like, that's good. Like, let's keep that going. You know, let's start to build healthy habits because, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think any of us want to be pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody likes being a fucking loser. <laughs> no, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, some people think it's like, you know, when you brought up the hygiene part, some people think that that's, it, it's simple. It's not. Yeah. Like, I've had my days where I'm just like, fuck, I haven't showered in two days, three days. Why? Not because I'm a dirty fuck, but because it's like, yeah, I just literally feel so shitty about myself right? Mm -hmm. that I don't want to do anything. And because I haven't done anything, I feel even crappier about myself. Right. And I just, I sulk. Yeah. And I, it's just I, part I of that sulk. thing. Like I'm a fucking piece of shit. And, yeah. And people, it's, it's kind of hard to understand that. But like when I come out of a binge, I, I clip my nails, I trim my fucking shadow mustache and I just feel better. I feel clean. It's like part of that self care is what will help, you know, project into your life and stuff like that. But a lot of these people aren't born with those habits. They didn't have a sister or a mom telling them, Hey, like what well, brush your fucking teeth every night or do this yeah. and do that. So the simplest things sometimes are, are just, um, you know, we were raised that way. Some people don't have that. It's, it's, I guess we're just talking on a grander scale of things, but it's it's sort of the thing we're getting back to is just it's hard to fucking change these patterns and, and stuff like depression and panic attacks and stuff like that. It's not easy just to snap your fingers and come out of it. No, it's not. It's it's fucking so like I said, it's a physical feeling that you yeah. get that takes place and once your mind is in that zone, man, you're fucking gone. Yeah, and it's I, I think it's hard to talk about too, is just because a lot of there's no there's no cookie cutter way to that's what I wanted to say. When we were talking about panic attacks is I think what makes it for me, what makes it one of the worst things to deal with is that there's literally no physical enemy in front of you. There isn't one. There isn't an, there isn't anything to attack mm -hmm. in front of you. So it's like you want to, you know, like you have that fight or flight response. You want to attack it, but you can't see it. You can't you, you can feel it. You can't see it. You can't literally attack it. You don't understand why. So what's the next reaction? You're going to run. Mm -hmm. You're going to run. You know, and it, it all boils down to feeling powerless. And then when you feel powerless, you're like, what's the point? Don't get anything done. And then it just, it's like, you just, you just take it, mm -hmm. you know? And I, again, I, it's not something that I wish on anybody, but it's one of those things where it's just like, man, I wish more people would, would really understand that. You know, I think right. that's why with me, it's like, you know, when I see somebody or I hear somebody talk or they'll post something that's kind of off on the Internet. Hey, you all right? Right. You know, just in case, you never know. Could make someone feel better. You never know, you know. Right. And mm -hmm. it doesn't cost me anything. No. Nope. You know, I don't need that. You know, I don't need that whole, like, shout out or anything. It's just like, hey, you all right? Yeah. You know, like, cool. All right, cool. I'd rather have someone be like, I'm fine. You know, why are you being nosy and mm -hmm. then, 
you know, oh, I could have said something. Right. And it led mm-hmm. to something worse. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's it's crazy. So, like, uh, I met someone recently mm-hmm. that has something called uh, – I didn't even know there was a term for it until I asked my therapist about it. Uh, she has a BDD, body dysmorphia disorder. Right. Mm-hmm. And I guess – I had it too, just without right. knowing, because I used to be a big guy. Yeah, usually people that lose weight or come physical changes, stuff like that, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it's funny because I can relate, but I never knew there was a name for it. Right. And I think that because of losing that weight and just my experiences, like, we, we both talked, like, she's my age, so we both talked about uh, our 20s, and we had this talk, and she was like, man, like, your 20s were so much better than mine. Because you went out there and you you got to experience life. I I ended up literally living under a rock. You know I, you know it was like 21. She's she was telling me you know she got her heart broken really bad, and then, and on top of getting bullied at school and having to deal with, you know inner family racism and stuff, she just shut down, and then she just you know school work and um, under a rock. Never went out. Never did anything. And for me, it was the opposite. I would just do it the same way, out, going out, getting drunk, getting, you know, having all these experiences. And I told her, I was like, you know, at the end of the day, we're both, uh, when it comes to age, we're both at the same, we're both at the same, uh, what's it called? I guess pace, mm-hmm. in a sense. But I was like, you know, at the very, at the end of the day, I'm like, it's crazy how you have something that I want. And Mm -hmm. I have something that you want. She, she wishes that she had those experiences that I had, Mm -hmm. you know, that I got to live my life. That's what she calls it. Right. But her, it's like, she has a career, you know, she's got a lot of good things going for her. So it's just kind of a trip how those different experiences like kind of shape out. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that don't know, didn't listen to Genesis episode, he lost over a hundred pounds. Um, so he, when he's talking about body dysmorphia, you know, he's a really big guy at a young age and now, you know, obviously he's really fit and he's, uh, you know, he's fought before and he's an active runner and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different, but a lot of those things don't leave you. And, um, I know for me, I had a, a lot of these, uh, you know, childhood traumas and stuff like that, that I never dealt with. I just drank and stuff like that, losing people and things like that. I didn't know how to deal with these. I had no coping mechanisms, you know, I would just get fucked up, but all those pain and all that trauma was still there. So now. What you're doing, I think, is my healthiest thing I think I do is the program's great and stuff, but just working with a therapist one-on-one with my problems and being able to talk, sit down with someone that's non-biased is a very rare thing because anybody that, you know, if anybody loves you a little bit, they're going to be biased towards something, or if they don't like you a little bit, they're going to have a biased opinion. So to sit down with a professional who you're paying to basically be like, I don't want your fucking, you know, your biased opinion. Give me your unbiased opinion. (laughs) Um, they're able to, well, what about this? Don't you think something's wrong with this? They're able to point out things from a perspective that, you know, looking outside the box that is really helpful. And in working with mine, she just sort of guides me through sometimes the, the program, I'll, be, I'll get confused about certain things I get caught up on, or, you know, it's not always so black and white as, um, you know, okay, this is a problem now fix it. Sometimes there's that little gray area that you need to hash it out with somebody. So. I find it super useful to talk to a therapist. Do you have a female therapist? I do. Mm-hmm. You do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the thing, too. I, I recommend it to some of my buddies. I'm like, you know, if you guys get a therapist, you guys should get a, a female therapist. I mean, for me, I, I didn't go into it intending to have a female therapist. It just kind of happened. But I feel like – and I've read this, too, that 
when it, it's harder for guys to go to a guy therapist because there's always that you know you gotta you gotta yeah. maintain that certain level of like right. uh-huh. I'm a man yeah and like, we're in a lot of ways you know we're a lot of it like we're looking for our mother they say in a relationship yeah and, you know we want to be able to talk to mommy and fucking so it has a little bit of that effect you know right. where i like a strong woman to be like this it's going to be okay this it has that reassuring factor for me yeah. that just sort of at least it's okay to be a little bit more vulnerable it's easier for me yeah, to be more me, vulnerable sure. yeah I, I mean that's like for me it's like i feel like i i do feel like uh when i when i'm open about no matter how fucked up it is it's like you know it's like okay i can tell you and you're not gonna judge me and right you, mm-hmm. you know and the fact that they see things differently than we do yeah for and, for me personally i think yeah. that too you know i think they're they're gonna give me a perspective that's like i need to hear because i have a lot of uh, like alpha strong males around me that it's like i know what i'm supposed to do i know what i'm supposed to think but in order to get in that mindset i need to have somewhere where I can go be a little bit vulnerable and be a little bit more like, yeah, I'm just fucking hurting and stuff. Cause whether people want to or not, you know, sometimes I'll have, you know, a family member or people that I talk to. And then all of a sudden they'll kind of pop off on me about something I've been talking to. And I didn't think it was even irritating them. And then all of a sudden it's, Oh, it's like, I almost feel like it's vindictive. Like they're using it against me for, I was being vulnerable and trying to tell you something like, Hey man, this is really bothering me. And then all of a sudden they get angry and they fucking use it against you. And I, to me, I've gotten that, and it's really a fucking – it's a, sh- a kick to the nuts. and it, it put me in a position where it's like I don't even want to tell you anything anymore because if I tell you something, I feel like you're just going to fucking hold it against me. You know you know what I realized? I, I have that experience too. That's mm-hmm. why, like, I don't really talk to my family about much. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, that's where I'm at. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is I've had that I've had that happen literally. I don't talk to my family, and it trips them out. Why? But I think I, I've – doing the work – Doing the internal work that we've been talking about, I come to realize that I think part of it might have to do with guilt. Right. That they can't help and they're right. frustrated. Right. And they don't know how. And it's like for me, it's like what I what I've always heard is, oh, get over it, get over it, get over it, get over it. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, well, like I'm pretty damn close to like just hoping a car t-bones me. How do right. I get over right. that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because yeah. I can't do it myself. But I don't want to be here, and it's like you, you, and they when they can't help you, I feel like that's like a sense of guilt within them, and they're gonna get frustrated, and it's just them like projecting that frustration onto you. That's kind of like after realizing that, that's why I'm just kind of like, right, yeah, I, 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 mm-hmm. I don't really tell them anything. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. you know friends will do that; they'll just start shitting on you or constantly, like, right. oh, we're this guy. And I was I was thinking about this today because my friend is in. Uh, uh, I found out he's in a little bit of financial issues and, you know, he did this and he did that. And I'm like, well, I would have fucking told him, don't do this and don't do that. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, damn, maybe that's why he doesn't tell me that much. You know, I, I caught myself and was like, well, yeah. cause I would have fucking been all over him when he said, I want to, you know, spend this much on this and I want to do this and the, now I'm going to do this. I would have been like, whoa, slow the fuck down. What are you doing? You can't do yeah. that right now. And ultimately it's their life and you just have to be supportive, but I couldn't help but be like, yeah, I care about you. So you can't fucking do those things, you know, but People are going to do what they want to do, and it, most of the time they just need some support. But, you know, with the therapist, they're not going to have that where they're just going to snap one day and be like, you know what, <laughs> sometimes they do. I've had a few friends, um, a couple of my girlfriends actually tell me that their therapist popped off on them, and then now they don't trust their therapist. And I'm like, I'm very lucky I didn't have that situation. Because can you imagine the betrayal that would feel like? Yeah. When you're just, I've had a therapist tell me, I'm not able to help you. And you need to work with someone that specializes in addiction and stuff like that. And I was already in the program, so I was like, it was. Ve- I got really upset 
And the next day she's like, you didn't come to your appointment. I was like, why would I go to my appointment? You know, you're yeah. already telling me you're going to work with somebody else. She's like, well, we should finish out our last few sessions. And I was just like, no. Yeah. I was like, I, have, I told her, I said, I really have nothing positive to say to you. So I just want to leave it at that. And I was almost not going to go back to a therapist. Luckily I did. And I found this lady who specializes in trauma and addiction. So it's a perfect fit. You know? I, yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's one of those things that. I feel like probably those situations really determine like how bad you really want to do that job. Not you or I, but right. I mean, as far as like being in that profession, I think right. some people just, they go in there thinking like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to save people and stuff. And then it's just like, it really, there's like, my therapist has an insane amount of patience. Like it's wild. Like I've popped off before, mm-hmm. but it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I don't want to lose her. Like I, I, yeah. I, I really wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I really wouldn't know what to do because when I need somebody to be real, she will be real. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying she's going to like make me feel like shit, but you know, she does, she does keep it real. And it's sometimes like, you do feel like shit. Sometimes you leave therapy like, yeah. fuck man. Like I'll go in in a positive mood and they'll bring something up. Like, okay, everything's good. Let's get to something that we haven't talked about then. And they'll dig something up and you're like, fuck, but those are things you have to deal with, you know, because they know like now's the time to deal with it. Like, oh, okay, life's good. Let's let's. You're strong solve enough. It. Yeah, let's solve this now. And then yeah. you go into it and you're like, fuck, you know. And then you feel like shit. And then throughout the week you feel a little bit better. Sometimes I go into therapy with nothing to say, and then the next day or right after I leave, all this crazy shit happens, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those trippy things. But yeah, this is just a uh, sort of where we're at now. What do you see? Um, future wise like when now that things are starting to open up what's something or goal you have in mind or something that you want to do jen for me uh i want to train again and fight again. okay all right you know i uh-huh. i'm uh i think one of the hardest things that for me is uh and i'm even having a hard time opening up on this but you know i'm one of those guys that gave up on himself right you know i i gave up on myself and that that's something that I, I i don't even i mean i'm working on but i don't even know how to forgive myself for that you know it's wasted time but one thing that i am interested and in, keeps me motivated is i have a sober perspective now and i and i'm definitely i'm nervous you know i am nervous but i'm also excited you know, I'm excited. Yeah, and I think uh, I think I could totally relate to that because I spent all this time where everyone's like, yeah, you're so good, you're so good. And, uh, you know, in my 20s to my 30s, I was just fucking it all away. You know, I'd fight once a year, maybe once every few years. And it's like, what is this guy doing, you know? And I, um, but I just had to go through what I had to go through. And it, there was no, there was, if I was going to fight at that time, it, nothing would have got so I had to go through it. Now I know where I'm at. I know where I stand. I know what I want. I know where my goals are. I want to fight again. Yeah. You know, and I want to give one more shot, you know, especially my coach, Brian, you know, he, he was there when I was fucking full blown addict, you know, passing out at the holiday parties and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I owe this guy a win. And it's not something that he's asking for, but I'm like, I want to win for him. You know, or I want to go out there with the sober, clear mind and put out a fight. Right. And if I win or lose, it doesn't matter. But at least there's no bullshit, no excuses that I'm going to fall back on, you know, put it on the fucking line and see what happens. You know what I mean? I think that, I think, I think that's kind of the. That's kind of the caveat that comes with being sober. Well, cave- I say caveat for lack of a better term, but I think that like because when you're sober and you're – it is soul-searching. That's just essentially what it right. is, is mm-hmm. soul-searching. And I think that just going through and doing those inventories and you feel all that pain, losing is just like it's 
it, it, it's not it's not as bad as like having to relive those memories oh and, yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. it, it kind of just you know when you get that strength and that fortitude to face those problems about yourself and you can admit that to yourself there's that there's almost that emotional sense of like i'm gonna be fine whatever right. happens i'm gonna yeah. be fine mm-hmm. like i've been through the worst because of myself you know what i mean like giving up on yourself is never you know it's not I don't, again it's not something that people intentionally do but you know for me it's like you know what i've already given my, up on myself once and that's the lowest and i never want to reach there again so anything above that doesn't Did matter you know? yeah and uh, i think i think matter. that's yeah having that sense of uh you know who is it the big pygmy was saying he's just like you've survived your darkest days because you're still fucking here yeah and it's true right now i'm going through something and i got to deal with this and you know unfortunately it, it fucking kind of came up when i was all gun-ho i'm ready to start training again i'm ready to go but i just got to deal with this medical situation and it's gonna pass you know i'm hoping monday it'll, hopefully it'll be cleared up i've already got a couple hit hits up to work with some guys that have some big fights coming up and stuff and i'm excited about it but i told him i said you know i gotta make sure my body's responding i gotta make sure my sleep is back on track right now i'm falling asleep i don't know if you tell <laughs> my eyes i'm like fucking super into this conversation but i'm very out of it you know i didn't sleep last night and it's just something i'm, I'm balancing out and with that, my nutrition, my food, and when all that's in order, which is, isn't going to be time. It's not going to be years. It's going to be a matter of days. And then I'm like, just be patient with yourself, man. And the time's going to come. And when it comes, you're going to be fucking ready to go. You know, my mindset is super positive, but my body's just not really responding right now. And it's going to respond. It's going gonna, it's gonna to kick in. You know, I'm not fucking shot out yet. I'm not anything like that. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think the pandemic taught a lot of us uh, what I, I know for me, I didn't train the first few months. And I was coaching and I was fucking tired of it and I was tired of working in gyms and, and I was thinking like maybe it's time to do something else. And now I realized when I went back and I was having trouble kicking, my leg was kind of like, you know, half yeah. uh, half fucking uh, flexibility. I was like, oh shit, I don't want to lose this. You know, I fucking li- I live for this. I yeah. love it. You know, and there's nothing better than you're feeling like shit or you're motivated or you're having a good day and you go in and crack some fucking pads and you see all your brothers or sisters from the gym and everyone's motivated there. It's just that camaraderie you feel. Yeah, uh, I went back to boxing works the other day, and I saw a couple people I hadn't seen, and it just fucking got me so happy. And I was wearing that damn mask, and I I was eating it, and I <laughs> fucking drove home. I, I said in the last podcast, I was so tired that I, you know, almost swerved. And it's just like, yeah, I, I wasn't sleeping that well, and I, my nutrition's not up to par. And it's just like I got to get that in check because you can't do shit until you're you're okay. Yeah, right. So that's just where I'm at right now. Get getting everything in sync. Yeah, getting everything in sync, and yeah. then it'll pop off. So yeah, let's just. Uh, Man, I think that was a that that's fucking pretty damn solid right there, man. I think uh, we ended on a great note of, of what we're gonna do, and uh, we're on the same boat. Yeah, on the same boat, <laughs> yeah. same page, and uh, that's why you know me and you've been talking and fucking. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's always yeah. a pleasure, dude. And fucking hey, guys. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. Stay positive out there. Uh, again, we're gonna get Josh on next week. He's coming back Tuesday, so we'll have him in here. We're gonna just shoot the shit on that and some things I wanted to tell you, Genesis, about the podcast is uh, well, I kind of touch base with you. Is I'm gonna get. We're going to work on this room. We're going to get a different setup pretty soon. Right. So we're going to have four mics, sort of have people talking in, weighing in on their different subjects, get a sort of the Oprah view kind of thing going on where right. we're all chiming in and gives a difference of opinion, you know, talk a little shit, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So yeah, that'll I be like fun. That. You know, we'll definitely get you in uh, more and more. And Thank you. Yeah. We'll have like when we do the fight episodes, we could have, you know, next time it could be Josh, you, me and somebody else and we could all reminisce and 
sort of pop off on that. Or if we do a health episode, we get some strength and conditioning coaches in here. Or maybe we're talking about depression or alcoholism or being sober. You know. Yeah. See so, the fight. I think the fight one. You guys would need other guys. I'm not near. I'm I'm not nearly as experienced as all you guys. Yeah, but you've been in the shit with us. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> you know true. what I mean? Yeah, it's a lot true. of time. I've been there, but I have. Been, yeah. Yeah, I you know, it. I've always. It. Yeah. One thing about me is I've always been around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it's not yeah. in the best circumstances, but I'm always around. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I always no, see it going down, you know. Yeah. So I'm there. Yeah. Sometimes I'm not there. But yeah, I'm but there. I'm there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So either way, but uh, all right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we're gonna catch up with you guys next week. All right. Take care. Awesome.